Welcome to Calvary Revival Church Podcast, where we exist to know God, live generously, discover purpose, and make a difference. Wherever you are listening from, our desire is for this practical teaching to make a difference in your personal life and in the lives of the people and community around you. And now, let's prepare ourselves for an uplifting experience. So, so what I want to do is, I, I don't think I can even finish this, but I can start this conversation. How do you use the power of God to get wealth? And we don't talk about that much here in our church, but, but there's a twist on even the word wealth that I'll share with you today because it might not mean what you think it means. Deuteronomy 8 and 12 says, For when you have become full and prosperous, and have built fine homes to live in. When your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Let your neighbor say, be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget. Look at somebody say, don't forget. Don't forget that the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions, where it was so hot and dry, he gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. How many of y'all know that God has fed you in ways that your ancestors didn't know nothing about? God has made ways for you that your ancestors only hoped for but never saw. But he made a way for you out of no way. Somebody say amen. He made a way for you out of no way. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. He did all this so that you would, watch this, so that you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Mm. And you know, we save, so we don't say it out loud. We say it to ourselves. Look at what I've done. Look at what I've accomplished. And they said, I was never going to be nothing, but look at me. That you would never say that I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Here we go, verse 18. And this is your takeaway verse. When you go home, I want this to ring in your ears. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful. In order, watch, in order to fulfill the covenant, he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. Father, thank you for the reading of the word. I declare that your word is inspired by you and it is profitable for training, for instruction and correction in righteousness so that every woman, every man might be completely prepared for every good work. Now, release your anointing upon the instruction of the word so that we don't just hear it, but we're changed by it. If you'll do this for us, we promise to give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Anybody remember Mary and Martha? Mary and Martha operated a double anointing. Mary's anointing was at the feet of Jesus. Martha's anointing was messing with them greens and chicken. 
and creating wealth and a home and a house that they referred to as Martha's house, not Lazarus' house. And so Mary and Martha had, with that double anointing, had created a place where Jesus not only wanted to come into, but a place where he wanted to stay. He not only came into it, but he brought his disciples into it as well. This was a place that Jesus decided was a good place to be. It was in Martha's house, Martha and Mary's house. Out of that, what I'm hoping that you're understanding is that you all, men and women, operate in a double anointing. There is an anointing in you to create a relationship with Jesus in private so that you walk in an anointing outside of your personal relationship so that people are influenced by who you are. Somebody say amen. So God is not just doing it in you so that you have this wonderful relationship with Jesus that you brag about and boast about how close you and Jesus are, but it's actually seen outside of that personal realm because people are affected, they're changed, they're touched, their lives are different because they come in contact with you. And you bring something to them. You don't just operate in some personal, private success, but you bring something to them so that other people are better by being around you. Somebody say amen. There is that anointing in our lives that creates a, a power of God that creates an ability to begin to walk out in obedience the things that God commands us to do. And as a result, then God uses us to touch other lives. And here is the disconnect for most church folks when it comes to this whole area of wealth. And we'll explain what wealth is because wealth is not money. Wealth is much bigger than that. But the, the disconnect for most church folks is that most church folks come to church for relief not for power most church folks come to church so they can feel better not so they can change the world somebody say amen most church folks come to God asking for something so that they can pay something of their own not so they can create something for somebody else and so when you operate that way, what you do is you step outside of God's way of doing things because God does not do things just for himself. He does things so that the world can be better and people can be changed. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Why did God do that? Because he's great, yes, but also because he wanted to send a son that could change the world. And so so what we find in God is that if you want to connect to the way God sees wealth, you have to step outside of this personal agenda that says, I want this and I want that and I need some of this pressure off my life and say, God, what am I called to do in your kingdom? What is the assignment that you have for me? And why should you give me anything at all? Because you're not just going to do it because I'm under pressure. You're not just going to do it because I have a need. If God shows up and supernaturally brings something to you, it's because somehow you have aligned yourself up with the purpose of God. And God says, this is a woman. This is a man I can trust. And if I put it in her hands, if I put it in his hands, he will release it when I tell him to. Talk back to me for just a second. And if God has already checked your credit, Don't get discouraged. I ain't talking about that credit report. I'm talking about the one you got with Jesus. If God has already checked your credit, watch this. And the last time he prospered you, you weren't obedient. Then God looks and says, well, why should I continue to prosper you? 
and cause you to walk in even greater disobedience than you have been in the past. I like to say it like this. If God gives you a job making $200 a week and he can't get 20 and you asked him to triple your, your income, well, you already got a, a, a level one felony. You trying to graduate from uh, uh, you trying to graduate from petty larceny to armed robbery. And my question for you is, why would God do that? Here's Jesus' simple answer: If you'll be faithful over a few things, I'll make you a ruler over much. So every time a little comes into your hand, it's a test to see how you'll handle a lot. Because God doesn't need to give you a lot to see how you'll handle a lot. He can give you a little and know exactly how you'll handle a lot. Let me help the person who says, when I hit the lottery, when the number hits, when my 1742398, boom, Powerball hits, I'm going to be the most generous person to see all he ever saw. No, you won't. You'll be just as stingy as you are now because... Because an increase in your money does not change your character. Who you are with little is who you're going to be with a lot. Ain't any of you telling your neighbor, oh, that ain't true for everybody. Yeah, it is. I heard what Bishop said, but I'm different. No, you're not. You just like the rest of us. It's a character issue. It's not a, it's not a money issue. It's, it's a character issue. And so, so I want to talk about first the power of God because part of the challenge in church is that we often try to get people to do spiritual things without the spirit. We want people to do something that is deeply spiritual. Now, can I say this to y'all? Generosity is spiritual. Giving away my last two M&Ms. That's tough. That's tough to do. Y'all heard me and Lady J's story, the, the hamburger story, back when we used to eat hamburgers. You know, she'd, she'd ask me before she got it, do you want one? No, I'm good. You sure? Do you want one? Mm-mm, I'm good. Okay. And then, she get down to the very last two bites. I'd be like, can I get some of that? She's like, I asked you. But it was something about how it was dripping now when she was eating. I was like, yes. And so now she got to make a decision because it was a lot easier for her to give me a whole one when she had a whole one. Now she got to decide whether she's going to give me the last bite. You know, and the last bite got the best juice, the best mustard, the best barbecue sauces all. I'm not going to tell you, but her final decision was. But I'll just say to you that that moment of generosity requires a spiritual transformation. Because in order for me to give away what I have, I've got to make myself a lower priority than what I give to. Look at your neighbor and say, it ain't always easy. So, so the, the scripture says, the last verse we read says, the Lord gives us the what? The power 
to be successful. The King James has the power to get well. So let's talk about what is the power of God. Acts 1 and 8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria to the uttermost parts of the earth. He says, I'm going to give you power. The Greek word here is dunamis or the same word where we get dynamite. It is the raw ability to make something happen. I want you to understand very clearly that if you're going to operate as a woman of God or a man of God, you need the spirit of God inside you. And if you are, if you're a Christian, but you've never yielded your life to the spirit of God, or if you yielded your life way back in 1979, you need to yield again. You need to come to this place where you say, Spirit of God, I want you to have full control in my life. Whatever that means, if that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, then you need to go for it. But whatever that means to you, there must come a place in your existence, in your walk with God, where you say, just being a Christian and just going to church ain't enough. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in me because you're going to run into some situations that as smart as you are, you ain't going to be able to fix it by yourself. As cute as you are, cute ain't going to be enough to get you through as bad as you want to be it ain't going to be enough to get you through some of the places. I need somebody in the building that knows what I'm preaching about you're going to walk into places where if the power of the Holy Ghost is not in you you will give up and turn back and say God I'm done I'm finished but when the spirit lives inside you he'll rise up inside you in the middle of a 104 degree fever and say I got you and I'll bring you through but you need the Holy Ghost he's going to call you into places where you've got to lay your life down and I don't necessarily mean physically but where you've got to make you a less priority than everybody else and it's going to require the Holy Ghost living inside you because he brings the raw power he says in Luke 10 19 look I've given you authority somebody holler authority I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. That word there for power is the Greek exousia. It means authority or the right to do something. Amen. Anybody ever driven a car? Don't raise your hand. Anybody ever driven it without a license? I told you not to raise your hand. You need exousia and dunamis. You need raw power and you need authority, the legal right to use that power. Are you hearing me? So the, the dunamis is the car. It is the power. It's the thing you drive. Your driver's license is the exousia. It's the right to yield the power. Are you hearing me? And so what we have to learn to operate in is it just can't be raw power, just you doing you. No, no, no. But you've got to have an authority from God. You've got to have the legal right from God to use that authority. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me help you. There were seven sons of a man named Siva, and they saw Paul casting out demons. And so they saw a man with a demon, and they said, we're going to do what Paul did and cast the demon out. So they went up and they said, in the name of Jesus, Jesus, who Paul preaches about, we rebuke you and command you to come out. The demon looked back at them and said, Paul, I know. I mean, for those of you who watch stuff like the Exodus, Paul, I know. 
Jesus I know, but who in uh, I mean, he's a demon, so he probably said that. Are you? And so, 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 so here's the calamity. Here's the, here's the dilemma. The demon did come out of the man, but then he chased the seven down, beat them. You know how we say beat the brakes off somebody? He beat their clothes off of them. That's what scripture said. That demon beat them so bad, their clothes came off. You know why? Because they had a knowledge of power, but did not have the authority or the right to use that power. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? And so what God wants to give you is the kind of power that operates within the authority. Part of that is your understanding of the word so that you know you don't use the power for you. You don't use the power to leverage something for yourself, but you operate under the dictates of scripture so that you operate in power the way scripture would have you operate in power. And you'll find that normally that has more to do with how that power blesses others than how that power blesses you are you hearing me and so what is power well it's the it's the holy spirit's dunamis it's the dynamite and it's the authority to use the dynamite now what is wealth and here's where we'll probably have to stop because y'all might not like it we'll see wealth by webster's definition is an accumulation of valuable economic resources that can be measured in terms of either real goods or monetary value. Decent? I mean, come on, y'all. This is not a trick question. That's a decent definition for human definition, correct? It's, a, it's an accumulation of valuable economic resources that can be measured in terms of either real goods or monetary value. So most of us then, when we read... <clears throat> It is the Lord who gives you the power to be successful, the power to get wealth. Our brains go directly to the idea of either the accumulation of goods or the accumulation of something that has great monetary value. Are you with me? But I almost by accident took a look at the Hebrew word for wealth. Chayil. C-H-A-Y-I-L. Chayil. And here's the strange thing, you all. The same word that's used for wealth here is the word that's used in Proverbs 31, the virtuous woman. So I said, well, that's strange. She's a woman of virtue. Now, if you read it, she does have it going on in the business realm. But that really wasn't what she was really about. She was a virtuous woman, which means she carried a strength, a power, a grace, an ability, and a courage in her life. So when I started to really look at the Hebrew, what I began to discover is that this word, Deuteronomy 8.18, was not really about getting money. It was about having courage and strength and valor and character to fulfill the purpose of God. Now, for those of you that's already shut me off because you said, man, I thought this was going to be about me getting a check. 
so, 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 so y'all go ahead and sleep. The rest of y'all stay with me, though, because I'm going to tell you something. What happens is, is that wealth from God's definition is inclusive of the natural stuff, but not limited to the natural stuff. Because how many of y'all wave at me if you figured out that natural stuff won't meet all your needs? The natural stuff won't bring you peace, won't bring you joy. It won't bring you satisfaction. You had it and lost it and still down about it. Somebody talk back to me for a minute. And so you recognize that natural wealth is not enough to give you the joy that you really need. Look, somebody said, but I wouldn't mind trying it out for a few minutes, though. It's not enough for what you need, but there is a virtue and a character and a valor and a courage that he's talking about. He says, by my spirit, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you power to get wealth, to get character, to get virtue, to get courage, to get valor, to get divine ability, to get strength, to have the thing that you need to do what you are called to do. That's what I'm going to give you. And I'm going to show you how to bring that to bear in your own life so that you do not live the rest of your life begging from somebody else. But by my power, I'm going to give you the authority to gain what you need to establish the covenant. And here's where we'll, we'll stop here and then we'll maybe pick back up here later. So let's talk about the covenant because look at your neighbor and say, it all comes down to purpose. It does. It all comes down to purpose. Christians who struggle in their finances oftentimes are the Christians that got the best jobs. Get a big old check and can't find none of it two months later. I don't want nobody to think I'm looking at you. <laughs> Here's why. Because of a lack of understanding of purpose. Because of lack of understanding of purpose, Christians who got money make poor decisions. They use it selfishly. And watch this. Y'all ain't got to shout real loud because I'm preaching real good. They are inconsistent in their giving. Now, ultimately, I'm going to get to sharing with some of you who said, well, that ain't me because I don't have anything to even get started with. I'm going to get to that. But, but what I want to say to most of us living in America in comparison to people around the world, we already doing good when we think we're doing bad. And the real question comes to what have we done with what's been put in our hands? And I think the, the failure in us is a lack of understanding of purpose. I never really noticed it like I did this time. He is the one who gives you the power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. Hmm. So if God says to the people of Israel, I'm going to bring you out of Egypt, I'm going to bring you into the promised land, not just one individual, but the whole community, I'm going to bring you in. And then when he says, now, 
I'm going to give you power to get wealth so that I can make sure this covenant comes to pass. Then what is he saying to us individually? Here's where I want you to think about you for a second. If God blesses you and the reason is to confirm the covenant that he made with the community of faith, doesn't that mean that you're not just getting blessed so you can be blessed? But you're getting blessed so that you can add to what he's doing in the covenant community of faith. And so if you miss the first, the first point of purpose, then you lose out on the rest of it. You see, can I tell you all that this idea, and here's why in this church, we may three weeks, four weeks out of the entire year even teach on giving. And then it ain't hardcore. It's, 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 it's kind, soft teaching. We ain't putting up nobody's name on the screen showing that you. This is real. It's soft. It's, it's easy. You, you know why? Because giving ain't really about trying to help a struggling God. God ain't pawning the, the throne. He ain't. Breaking up some of the streets of gold and say, see how much y'all can get for this. <laughs> Giving has very little to do with God needing what you have. Therefore, it has little to do with even the church needing what you have because the church will be okay. Because God is its source. But where will you be is the issue. Because the opportunity for you to sow seed is the test from God to see if you have the character for wealth. Do you have the character for increase? And God says, if I keep handing it to you, over and 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 over. And millions of dollars have gone through your hand. Like, I know you ain't talking to me now. Add up the last 25 years you've been working. If all that has gone through your hand and 10% and of it didn't go to the kingdom, 15% of it didn't go to missions, then and the church survived. Church didn't go bankrupt and the throne is still the throne. God didn't, you know, decide I'm going to sit on an aluminum one because I had to sell a gold one. He's good. Even with your 25 years of inconsistency, God is still okay. But where are you in this process? And, and, and the teaching around this idea has to be focused on how God wants to do something in your life not to make you guilty or make you feel bad because we ain't been able to build a new building or we couldn't do this because y'all didn't give. God ain't tripping like that. Whatever God wants to do, God's going to do. And he'll find somebody to finance whatever he decides to do. I, I, I've watched him. I'm a witness of his faithfulness. So it's not a matter of whether God's going to get God's work done. It's a matter of do you get to be in on it? 
Now, I just want to know in this room this morning, who wants to be in on what God's about to do? I, I do. Come on, I'm going to put my hand up. I'm going to raise my feet and everything. I'm, I want to be in on what God, I want to be in on what God's going to do. Even if my part ain't that big, but I want to have a part in what God's doing. And some of it is self-serving, yes. I want to be in on it because I was, yes, glory to God, I was in on it. But I also want to be in on it because I want to pass the test. Because if God is checking me out to see how I do with this to determine what he's going to do with me next year, then I want to pass the test this year because I don't know about y'all, but I get tired of repeating tests. I don't mind taking tests all the time. I don't want to take the same one all the time. I want a different test, not the same test. So I want to pass the test so I can operate in what God has for my life. So here's what I want you to do. We're going to close out here. But I want, you to, I want you to handle this first. I want, you, I want you to sow. I want you to give. I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to do something powerful in you. Uh, with an understanding that this is a test. Because you've been asking God for more. Now God is saying, do you really want that? Because I want to see what you're going to do with it now. Remember? I told you the Lord, I, I didn't tell you the Lord spoke to me about this. I mentioned it, however, as I was sharing. But the Lord spoke to me. He said, he said, son, minister to people who have great jobs, but they still are in a financial mess. And it's just because they don't understand the purpose of wealth. They don't understand that it's kingdom first. And because they don't sow into the kingdom first and consistently, they got enough, they should be fine but they stay in a mess all the time because they won't consistently put the kingdom first. Now, if that offends you, good. Hope it offends you right into a place of obedience. I want you to, I want you to be in a place of obedience. I'm, I'm talking about folk who you know you, you should be fine, but it's almost like you got holes in your pockets it's because you do have holes in your pockets. God has cut holes in your pockets to make sure that what you have is never enough until you realize that he's first. Because it is the Lord that gives you the power to get wealth. It's the Lord who does that. All right, good. So everybody's, everybody's sown deeply. All right, would you stand with me? Come on, throw your hands up if you can. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for a supernatural anointing of the Holy Spirit to come upon your church now like never before. I thank you for the spirit of repentance, Lord, that we'll repent, Lord, of self-centeredness, that we'll repent, Lord, of wrong priorities. We repent, Lord, of wrong decisions. We'll repent of inconsistent giving. Lord, we repent and ask forgiveness, and we receive the power of the Holy Spirit now so that we'll be able to flow in everything that you have for us. Father, we thank you that we're not, Lord, just loving the, the legacy, but we're leaving and building legacy and, and expanding legacy, Lord. We thank you, Father, that what we do today will affect generations yet unborn for the honor and the glory of God. In Jesus' name. I want you this week to think about the power to be successful and what does that mean in your walk with other people? What are you doing? to change and add value to the lives 
of others. I want you to think about in your own life, not just giving in church, but in your own personal life, where are you on the continuum of generosity? Are you still pretty stingy? Wave at me if you used to be pretty stingy. Still pretty stingy? You moved to the center? Who's in the center? I'm doing better. I ain't going to give you the last bite of my hamburger, bro, but I'm better. And, and, and then who's, who's starting to move toward real generosity where, God, you can have it all? So that's what I want you to be moving to that place. So the Lord, listen, the Lord bless you. If you're here, you need prayer. If you're here, you want to give your heart to Jesus. If you're here, you want to be baptized. Just walk up here and tell one of us pastors, hey, I want to give my heart to Jesus today. I want to be saved. I want to get baptized. We'll pray with you and, and move you forward. Thank you all for being patient today. Come on, give the Lord a great shout in the building.